0: Hi, I'm JD, this is ChimeraCast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged, tableside version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed links to the details and our social media are in the show notes
1: hi i'm zach i'm playing melio the bard
0: hi i'm ryan i'm playing irazidi the spellblade hi i'm nathan i'm playing Kimin and the shaman i'm jd i'm the dungeon master for this game this is chimera cast a dungeon world actual play podcast I just want to know where you guys are headed.
2: I'm into going to the new place, Bonehenge.
1: Yeah, you can't <laughs> call it Bonehenge and expect us to go yeah, somewhere I expect else. expect
0: us as adult men to not call it Bonehenge for the rest of the session. Bonehenge sounds sweet. Yeah, no. So we're going to kick things off right away. Who do you guys think is leading the way this morning?
1: Who is the one that it was Melio? Were you the one who surveyed the area, right? Yeah, I believe that was me, right, JD? I looked out over the tower and I believe you did impress upon me the bone hinge. I think that's right. Yeah, so I think that given the fact that you came from the petrified forest, I think it's you. Sounds good.
0: So, it seems like Melio is going to lead the way myself. Fantastic. Melio, go ahead and give me a roll on Tour of the Vulture Lands. And maybe read this out again just so that people know what we're doing here. Tour of the Vulture Lands. When
2: you travel to a point of interest connected to your current location, say where you're headed to and who is leading the way. The GM will tell the leader what stat to roll based on the terrain, and you will be traveling through. Take plus one, and you have previously traveled the route. On a 10 plus, choose three. On a seven through nine, choose one. You find something useful or valuable on the way. You are aware of any potential active danger when you arrive. You do not encounter any ill effects while traveling. You don't draw unwanted attention while traveling. On a six minus, you still arrive at your destination, but the GM makes a move.
0: Excellent. You guys are traveling now on the inland side, we'll say, of the river. So you guys have crossed the bridge, right, in order to reach the tower. And you're now moving away from the river again on that far side. As you pass by the tower, there is kind of this road that leads up to it and turns off. And it was marked by columns, if you remember, Melio, as you made your way back from the forest, these carved columns. It doesn't take too long as you're headed this way before the cobblestones that make up the road here become a polished white. While there is dirt and dust that is scattered across it, the stones underneath appear to be made of ivory. And the columns on the sides change. No longer are they made of stone. These columns are all made of carved bones. They are carved into and marked much like the columns that you read previously were, although with a script that seems somewhat different, somewhat changed. While it's still recognizable, there's something in the style that has shifted, and particularly being someone who is used to ink on a page, you would be aware of this kind of change. It's more than the differences in handwriting. Like, the language has changed slightly. As you're making your way along, there is a kind of mist that seems to coalesce in front of you or making its way along the road it has a great bulk to it but it's like this ever churning smoke but if you look carefully you can tell that there is a shape to it a movement to it animal like as you pass traveling beside it a slight chill goes through you so go ahead and we're going to tour the vulture lands And as you make your way through, I'm going to have you roll plus wisdom. Sounds good. That'll be a five. (laughs) As you travel this road and pass this smoking, hulking shade, you get this feeling that you really ought to not be going where you're going. It kind of settles into you. It takes effort to put one foot in front of the other. Your other party members are detecting or are able to pick up on your hesitation on the effect that traveling along this road is having on you. As the two of you catch up to him, do you guys say anything? What is it?
3: You slowed...
2: JD, when you say that I'm filled with the sense that we shouldn't go here, is that mentally or is it just a physical manifestation? You said I slowed down. Do I feel heavy? It is mentally. It is mentally. So I feel like I'm being inundated with the idea of, this is a bad idea. Right. I just don't know if we should be going this way. Why not? Call it a storyteller's intuition, but I... Don't think this road leads us towards anything productive.
4: Uruziti looks at you with like a, just an arched eyebrow for a minute. Sighs really heavily. Well, unlike you, I have a scholar's disposition. Not listening to... He kind of waves his hand. Fairy tales... Yeah, it starts digging around in his backpack and pulls out um, one of the grass paper etchings that he has. I don't remember what these grass paper
1: etchings are. While you're looking for stuff, so it
4: lets me ask one discern realities or basically get the seven through nine result of uh, spout lore. Where'd they come from? Ish.
0: Yeah, they were ish sketches on yeah. like grass woven paper.
4: That's right. I remember now. So I think uh, Urazidi's like flipping between these pages that he has, like looking ahead down this road, thinking about the Bonehenge place that Melio described to him. What should I be on the lookout for?
0: You are entering a place of very strong magic. This means that the effects that this kind of place can have on anybody are amplified. Mechanically, you're entering a place of power, but also just... There is a radiation of powerful and potentially dangerous magic here.
4: It's just some powerful magic. Nothing we can't handle. Listen, whatever the rewards of finding what's at the center of this place are well worth a little bit of danger, don't you think? Besides, you can't write an interesting story about me if we don't do anything interesting,
0: Melio.
2: Melio chuckles. (laughs) I thought I was the one with the fairy tales. And I turn over to...
0: As you turn, it takes a substantial effort to even move your head and body.
2: I slowly turn over to Kimmon,
1: a little bit of magic. And I look them directly in the eye. Kimmon sat in the ground and is sharpening some soul glass with his knife.
3: I hate to say that I agree with the kid. For one, we can't be trusting every gut instinct that we have. For two, he's not wrong. We'll be finding some magical things here. Until I see some evidence that where we're going actually poses a threat and doesn't just feel bad. I say we keep going.
1: Then lead the way. Well, hold on. Kimon gets up, brushes his leathers off and holds out a piece of soul glass to first uh, Melio and then Uraziti. I took for my advanced move Web of Whispers. Oh, I guess I do have to actually take time to make these. I forgot about that.
0: I mean, I could buy you, like, carving something as you're walking.
1: I hadn't read Totem Creation yet because I hadn't taken any time to make totems. I couldn't remember if it required a roll. I'm going to read that first, and we'll talk about the Web of Whispers that I took. Um, so totem creation, when you spend uninterrupted time creating a new totem, an hour or so. You can bind any worldly spirit on the list or others the GM tells you about. You must choose one to release first. Each totem starts with one charge, saying the spirit's name will release it and consume a charge. When a totem runs out of charges, the totem shatters and the spirit cannot return. So the, the Web of Whispers, which is the uh, advanced move that I took, means that Whisperwind doesn't count toward my totem limit anymore. What Whisperwind does is that whenever you whisper, your voice emits from this totem no matter how far away it is. Meaning that I can give each of you a totem and we can talk to each other like walkie-talkies. Well, no, you can talk to them. When you give somebody a totem, you may give worldly spirit totems you've created to your allies and uh, teach them how to use it, basically. But they can use them as well. Oh, okay. That's part of the shaman class. Missed that part. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't done anything with this before, so fair fair question. But yes, they can use them. Okay, cool. So here, in case we get separated, staring
4: at Uraziti as I hand it to him, whisper toward this. We can hear you. Uraziti takes it and like pins it almost like a cloak pin on his tabard. These should come in handy if Melio falls
0: off of any more cliffs. What does this totem look like? I know that you said it's a carved piece of soul glass. Is it carved like something specifically or just geometric or like what are you envisioning?
1: So it is a ring of soul glass, so a thin circular disc, but the center is cut out, and then in the center is another smaller disc that is just hovering there, making
4: like a kind of speaker. Hmm. I just had a thought. (laughs) Can Kimmen see the thing that's always with me when I use my sword magic? I don't think so. It's like a separate, not a spirit entity?
0: Yes, kind of.
4: Because I I was wondering because I can see the spirit realm when I use that.
0: It's a Venn diagram, and there is some crossover, but each of you have your own you know realms that you're dealing with. Cool, cool. You can't probably, however, see the blood cataphract standing at the top of the tower watching you all walk down the road. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, I think we should probably be getting a move on, gentlemen. And Urzi like gestures down the road. Your turn to lead urzidi just shrugs and should be easy enough just follow the road and he taps it and it's like makes that hollow i assume that the road is also made out of bone
0: yes it is in fact bone yeah
4: he's like expecting it to make the click of the bronze capped end of his glaive but instead it's the like hollow thunk of bone he kind of shivers a little bit no this should be fine and he looks back up at the blood cataphract and realizes that some things are worse than a road of bone, like his dad.
0: So, yeah, I guess Urazidi leads the way. You guys have already made the roll to progress. You're feeling the effects of it. Urazidi, you start heading down. in are you following next? No, I'm,
1: bu- I'm going to go behind Melio because as we established, Melio's kind of dragon.
0: Uh, so. Melio, in fact, is not moving at all at this point. And that hulking, billowing shade is coming closer and closer to you all. Melio, you find that you can move your eyes, but your body is resisting any kind of movement. Like, you're telling your arm to move, and you almost feel like it's about to, and you're telling your leg to move, and you almost feel like it's about to, but it's like something is pressing down and preventing your motion.
2: Move, damn it as my lips almost like close
0: around my my mouth so i can't talk through gritted teeth basically a wet gurgle comes out and nothing more what's that so melio can't move yeah what are you waiting for
2: gurgle 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 gods
1: ZD! what i think he's enchanted as i'm like pulling back melio's eyelids and yeah. I, as as they kind of dart around and trying to open his mouth, and your your jaw's, like, rictus shut, right?
4: Question. Is Melio the only one who can see that, that like, shade
0: figure? No, you can all see it. Oh, okay. It takes another lumbering step forward, this kind of smoking foot sticking out and pressing down, moving silently. Do I know what the hell it is? Or could I potentially had
4: an opportunity during my studies to read about what the hell this thing might be? Give me a spot, Laura. Let's find out. I rolled a 2 and a 1. Damn. So that's 3. So I'm at a 5.
0: Uruzidi, you were trying to recall if maybe you know or have read about something like this. Nothing's coming to mind, but then as you're kind of like looking up at it, you're distracted as a shadow kind of falls across the land. Not the hulking shadow that you see before you, not the smoking shade, uh, but a true shadow. It passes overhead and you watch it, I think, up in that gray-green haze that fills the vulture lands. And it flaps some wings a couple of times and then seems to fall down past the horizon. That's it. What was it? It's hard to see in this haze, you know.
4: Oh, I got you. So it was like up above the clouds. Stop staring at the sky. Come on. What? Oh, uh, get his legs. Are you kidding me?
0: What do you propose? The shade takes another step closer. <laughs> Kimin looks at it, looks at ZD. Fine.
4: Oh. Is Emilio, like, can his joints move? He's, like,
0: standing up. You guys can move him. You could move his joints, but he can't. He's, like, frozen, not, like... Not physically stuck, yeah. Gotcha. Or ZD scoops up his legs, and I guess we'll start hauling his ass out of here. hop, 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 yeah. hop, <laughs> hop, 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 yeah. hop, hop. Yeah. Emilio, we don't do this a lot. What are you thinking as this happens? I want the internal monologue of how you feel about this. Your companions literally picking you up to move you along.
2: I am thinking of all the stupidity in the world (laughs) that I have just said, hey, maybe we shouldn't go forward. I was told that basically, you know, until something bad happens, we're going to move forward. And then I am now paralyzed. (laughs) <laughs> Not 30
1: seconds later, and I'm being carried forward into the, the cursed place. But like, if I may defend it, it's like, well, now now something's obviously wrong, and we're in crisis mode, and it's like, just grab him, let's go. Shit's about to get worse.
2: So yeah, uh, in my internal uh, thought processes is I am frustrated as fuck, <laughs> and my eyes are just darting everywhere trying to look so I can try and gurgle out a lookout if I see something coming for us.
0: The three of you uh, travel somewhat awkwardly up a little ways further on the bone road, and after a little while, a few minutes, Melio's legs suddenly, like, kick, and his arms twitch, and he kind of wrestles his way out, I feel, of your guys' grip, but is able to move once again and speak.
4: Oh, did you have a nice nap? Shut up. I was enchanted or something.
3: What? That's what I said.
4: Uraziti shrugs. Sounds like one of your stories again. Zidi, this is
3: serious. If we come across something like that again, we should try to understand what it is.
2: Yeah, maybe you should lead the way so you can be the one to get enchanted. Go on now.
4: I was leading the way, and then you just stopped walking.
2: Well, I'm glad we have the facts straight. Why don't you start leading the way again?
4: Uraziti pulls out a... Uh tiny like three quarters of the way empty vial of bright electric blue powder and tosses it to Melio in case you get sleepy again. What's this? Haven't you done anything fun in your life? It's the last of my glint stash. Should keep you on your feet. Uh, Thanks.
2: I think. Fuck it. I take it now. Wait. <laughs> yeah, you get the wait, but nah. I was just paralyzed. I'm trying to calm my nerves a little bit. You're
1: trying to calm your nerves by, okay. yeah, by
2: taking uppers? Good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Go ahead and give me a Defy Danger Plus Constitution. <laughs> it's a 10. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you feel overtaken by this kind of positive energy. The only issue is you, you just like really have some really good art ideas. If you could just get those ideas down, like just real quick, like it'll be a masterpiece. Like it's the beginning of your masterpiece. You can feel it like just churning in your mind right now. But like it, you kind of need to like act on it. But physically, you feel fucking great.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. It's a good 10 plus.
0: Yeah, Rosidi
1: just takes off. Oh no. Kimmin gets out the weight as you, as you, you know, pour some glint into the webbing of your hand and snort it. And then it's just like, Gah. Fine. <laughs> Stomps off after ZD.
3: Carry yourself this time.
1: I begin marching
2: forward as well. My mind lost in uh, creative bliss.
4: Does uh, Emilio carry like a sketchbook or anything? I am a sketchbook. Well, I know you've and, got your like ink stuff, but I and mean... I
2: have yeah my covering, which is constantly dancing around in ink motions. I've got like a I've got a a cloak. That is a blank slate on which the ink uh, moves and adjusts. So you guys are seeing stuff happening there
0: as I'm just wiping my ink-covered hands on my own clothes. Sick. Love it. The three of you find yourselves somewhat suddenly and unexpectedly not blocked, but instead of this road now, in front of it are massive bones that are dug in partially into the ground and all lifted up vertically. And these are Big fucking bones. And I know that I described it uh, somewhat coyly as bonehenge, but you realize that this isn't just a circle or a few circles of these standing bones. There are circles, but there are also connections and multiple circles in a kind of ornate geometric pattern. This landscape of standing bones in front of you all. Each of them nearby seems to have a simple carving in them not the disciplined structured carvings that marked the bones along the road or the columns before that simple clearly hand carved what must be a short phrase or a short word but this landscape envision it as less this circle of standing bones think of the shapes that you see in crop circles and not the simple ones but the you know the very complex radiating outwards golden ratio kind of symbology and structure and it spreads out across you this open plane before you covered these vertical bones seem to reach toward the horizon and while this stretches out before you you can hear off in the distance the kind of clash of bronze on bronze the clash of a battle somewhere riding on the wind
2: when you say a battle you mean like many swords and shields clashing
0: yes the cacophony of a battlefield yes what did the three of you do? Now this,
2: that's art. Do you know what I'm talking about? Look at that. And I look up at one of the bones that has a, the singular transcription on it. <sighs> a man could spend his whole life, his whole, his whole damned life trying to carve something as interesting as that. It says so much and effectively to us says nothing at all. Which is crazy, right? Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: Both of you, Kimin and Urazidi, feel the need to shush him. Oh, definitely. <laughs>
3: Emilio, keep your voice down.
0: I don't... Why would I...
2: Do you see what I'm seeing here, though? I see the, it.
3: We can... We don't know what's here. Who's here? Do you, hear, do you hear the battle? There's fighting.
1: It's a bunch of bones. Uh, what? Shut and, up. And huh? I, I, I clasp my hand over your mouth.
3: Hmm, <laughs> hmm. Listen.
2: Shut up. I take a moment and I listen very clearly. I hear the hairs inside my ear move.
3: (laughs) Someone has their weapons out and are using them. Maybe if you're quiet, don't disturb them. You can see these ancient dwarves fighting.
1: Huh? Kim and eyes bloodshot close to your face.
4: Zidi, yeah? Dwarves? Zidi kind of grins and winks at you and he's like, Yeah, the, the dwarves. Even you feel like Urazidi as you speak that you just spoke too loudly. I think that the mirth that was on Zidi's face fades a little bit. I'm going to go in there. I want to see what's happening. He taps the the whisper stone. I'll let you know if anything bad happens to me. My Arcane Legacy allows me to spend sword magic to turn myself invisible. Mm. So I would like to, well, use my sword magic now in order to
0: turn invisible. Sure. Go ahead and roll your sword magic. Let's see how it goes. That is a 12. Pretty good. Yeah. So I get three hold. And you're spending one right away to turn invisible, correct?
4: Yeah. And then I'm I'm going to try to, like, track these sounds of fighting like in the it's not a maze but that's how my brain keeps thinking about it
0: it's maze-like certainly especially being in it right if you were to look from yeah. up above you'd be like oh i see the patterns and the shapes but being in it i yeah. think it is disorienting this kind of forest of standing bones you fade from sight for your party members and begin to make your way through this forest of bones like i said Well, many of them are quite large, and there are, in fact, especially in the center of circles of bones, extremely large bones standing up right there. There are what appears to be almost haphazardly placed smaller human-sized, elf-sized, dwarf-sized bones uh, around some of these larger ones. Are they also carved? They also have carvings in them, yes. But you can make your way through. What exactly are you doing to try and track this sound? I mean, I'd like to think that it's something more profound than just
4: listening really closely and carefully, but it isn't. He's like turning one way and then turning to face another way. And like whichever way the sound is coming more intensely from, that's the way he goes. And he keeps going until the, you know, the sound starts to change direction.
0: Just trying to like track this sound through the bones. You make your way a little deeper into this pattern. And while you feel like maybe, okay, maybe I can go this way. Maybe it's a little louder this way. Uh, maybe it's a little louder this way. You quickly realize that no matter where you are going in this, it doesn't seem to really change. It doesn't actually seem like you're getting any closer to anything. But it takes you a little while to really figure that out, right? You kind of have the, uh, maybe, maybe, right? Like you're convincing yourself you're getting closer for a while. And so soon you are quite separated from your two party members. What are the two of you doing while Urazidi heads invisibly into this structure? Alright, I'm gonna take
3: my hand off your mouth. Are you gonna be quiet?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Say mm mm-hmm, quieter. Mm-hmm. Alright. I take my hand off your mouth.
3: I just think it's really
2: interesting. Uh
1: it's good and you should study it.
3: Yeah. We have to wait for ZD.
2: I'm going to walk around. I want to check out some, uh, some of these other bones and see the the layout of the iconography and the, the structure of this singular, uh, simple word or phrase on each of these.
0: Yeah. Is there any particular like bone or for? Are you going for the biggest one here?
2: Give me like a gist of how the shapes of the words look since I do I recognize them at all? The shape of
0: the of the words that are carved in? The inscription, yeah. They are a similar, they're they a derivative of Cyclopean, at least, or just a different form of Cyclopean.
2: I think I'm looking for, when I start looking through all these things, not like the biggest bone or anything like that, but I'm looking for the one that's just a strike down the middle. I'm looking for the most minimalist version of them saying something, something that seems fundamental to their language.
0: You will recognize some inscriptions of very simple words that you would consider very basic to the language. The, of, there, led, see, right? Those kinds of things. But then the rest are almost gibberish. It's not a sentence or a poem. Then in that case,
2: a glyph or an aspect of the glyph that is repeated.
0: I think in this individual circle, yes, you will see a repeated couple of symbols. That seem to be on every bone that is here. I'd like to
2: combine those symbols in ink on my cloak. Interesting. As I gather them. Yeah, the ones that are repeated.
0: Mm -hmm. I think as you begin to copy this down, you can feel magic drawing you in. Almost like your vision is tunneling on whatever you're riding on. Your cloak, right? Mm -hmm. As you were inking these symbols, your vision blackens around it. And all you can see is these markings. And then they seem to almost sear into your cloak and into your mind. You can feel yourself kind of sliding into whatever magic this is. What do you do?
2: Based upon where I'm at, which is I'm a little high on drugs. I assume this feeling is inviting as the world goes a little bit dimmer and seems to clarify around a magical spell and I'm being uh, pulled forward. Uh, I would like to dive in. I would like to go deep. I would like to go in over my head.
0: Interesting. You were describing diving into it. You're doing so from a perspective of your art, right? Yeah. Go ahead and give me a roll plus charisma. Cool. That'll be a seven. The conquering of the Cyclops, Grumaris, the two-headed, and their slave army. And you see around you a massive battle. These bones fall away, and instead, you're in the middle of conflict. In the middle of war parties. Describe something terrifying to you that is in the Cyclopean Conqueror's war machine. I
2: watch as the Cyclopean armies clash Cyclops are slashed across the throat and die. I watch as shamans come and it looks as if they're going to heal the fallen warriors, but the fallen warriors, um, ingest something, some glowing liquid. And you see it pulse through their veins and they just get up and scream and start running at their opposition And they, almost like a berserker, just start slashing through everything. They don't seem to react as the opposition just tries to, like, cut them. And you see one take an arm off. Uh, And the Cyclops doesn't even react to the arm being gone. It just starts to beat someone with the stump until it can't even move. It gets cut away, but even as it loses a leg and falls to the side, it grasps at the dirt and claws at the opposition, grabbing you see another soldier by the ankle and just starting to bite as he kicks it in the face. It bleeds everywhere, but it just doesn't seem to stop until finally someone has the the wherewithal to crush the head. And even then, the chest seems to like pulse out with each last thumping heartbeat as it throws its body forward, mindless, except for its task. This is their war weapon. It defiles and defies the Black Gate,
0: wrenching them forward for victory. Sick. At the end of this vision, you see a heavily wounded Cyclops chained to a kind of carried barge, carried by hundreds of human slaves elvish slaves some dwarves pulling chains leading in the front and they come forward to a standing cyclopean figure wearing gleaming ornate armor who draws forward a massive mace and smashes down the head of this kneeled chained cyclopean figure and you find yourself falling back landing back in your body hard in the circle amongst these bones, staring at your cloak with the word Grumiris written on it.
2: Is that written in common language, or is that just that I understand what the the symbols I was putting together mean? Now? You
0: are understanding what the symbols are, yes. Sick. You are sweating profusely and panting. You are almost finding it hard to breathe, right, as you're trying to like catch your breath almost from that... It's going to take you a minute to, like, shake this. Mark's shaky. Yeah, totally. Come in you see this kind of snap change in Milio's face in his form, right? You see this change in his demeanor. What do you do? Gods
3: to the dumb kid poison you, too? What? You're sweating. Shaking. What? I... Quiet. What? Quiet.
1: What? I saw some shit. I don't know how to process that. Kimin nods and pours some water from his skin onto the cloth he was using as a face covering earlier. Starts wiping your face off.
3: Here.
2: Spirits. I, I've heard a lot of the great stories of men, but the horrific stories of war. I didn't know anyone was willing to go so far.
3: I get it. People usually are afraid of the monsters. Those rampaging purposelessly.
1: Gesturing at the tooth of the boar god that I hang around my neck. But the people I'm afraid of are those with clear goals. The
3: conquerors. My homeland has been slowly getting chipped away by people like that. Is that what you saw?
2: I believe that was the end. I just didn't know the conquerors were willing to take everything from even their own.
0: ZD, you have been wandering through this fragmented, smoky shadowscape that is the world when you are invisible. You see ahead of you, in a kind of vague distance, what looks like a column of black smoke with embers at the center of it. And behind you, off in the distance, a smear of red across your vision. But you are making your way through, traveling amongst these bones. Is there anything you're stopping for or looking for, or are you um, still trying to track that sound down? Realizing that he can't really pinpoint the
4: source of this, the sounds of battle. Well, tell me, you said there's like
0: a red smear? You've seen it before. It's the cataphract.
4: Oh, okay. So there's this big column of smoke and amber... Or ZD, not being able to find the source of those sounds, he's gonna reorient himself to that and try to like make it to that. Hmm. Does it seem like a really long way off, or is it in with these?
0: It's a very long way off.
4: Oh, 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 okay.
0: I'm just trying to describe your invisivision.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Lord of the Rings. Gotcha.
0: I remember us describing that before, and I just wanted to like hit it. Yeah. In this, like, yeah,
4: like you said, invisivision. Like, he's checking out these columns that are close to him. Does anything stand out about these columns as he's going? I think he's, like, tracing the symbols, trying to find, like, some meaning. Because we've talked that, like, the Cyclopes language is kind of like the Latin.
0: Yeah, it's the root of everything, yeah.
4: Yeah, I think that Uraziti's probably well enough educated, or, like, has, like, a classical education, right? He Mm. probably can kind of read
0: some of this. Sure as you are tracing this and trying to sound it out almost, you eventually are able to work out or puzzle out the sound of Sumahalan. And as you speak it, kind of muttering it under your breath in this heightened state in particular, uh, you feel, or you see rather, the shadows coalesce around you and begin to form figures that are reaching for you and drawing you towards them in the center of this circle. What do you do?
4: he's using some of this sword magic because you said they're they're figures right
0: vaguely but yes
4: yeah cutting at the figures with the glowing blade of
0: talon i like that go ahead and roll you're using your thing how do you feel about using like roll plus your hold oh yeah i got two hold. yeah left, so does I'm... that kind of work for you i think it's interesting yeah yeah that is a nine the conquering of the Sun King, sumahalan and their zealous cult. You find yourself also thrown into the midst of a battle. A different place. This one just above the tree line of a mountain. This mountain chain leading off into the distance, almost losing focus as it gets further away from you. But here, armies are clashing and battling each other. Lines skirmishing, falling back, fighting again. Describe something in the conqueror's war machine that terrifies you along the
4: lines of the conqueror's army stand massive cyclopean figures wearing golden sun masks golden rays flaring out around their heads where each should have an eye like a visor there's just a single ruby carved to fit into that eye socket on the mask. And as Razidi watches, those rubies begin to glow in each of those masked figures. And from the rubies burst forth bright rays of fire that course down among the enemies. And as the beam fades, the body that the mask is attached to also falls to ash and a bearer comes out and scoops up the mask and places it on the face of the next cyclops in line that's like not even arming the back waves of your army and just
1: like yeah you'll just pick up the ones that the people that drop that die in front of you
0: yeah you see these armies clashing one marked with paints covering their entire body cyclopses but also elves dwarves humans and others among them other species of this earth finally you see the moon crossing over the sun and causing an eclipse as the sun fades out you see a cyclops approach wearing the finest armor he holds a gauntlet at hand aloft and across the battlefield you see another figure a halo of light shining around their head they begin to cough up blood they throw their lungs up they fall to the ground dead and you fall back into your body no longer invisible having lost that connection you find yourself staring at the natural world around you these bones vertically held aloft you smash back into your body you're sweating profusely your hands are shaking it's gonna take a while to throw this off mark shaky your companions are nowhere in sight melio you were still kind of recovering from the effects of this vision that you saw. So Kimin, you said that you were kind of wiping him down or had given him a, a wet rag to wipe himself down with, help with the sweating. This is about as, about as intimate
1: as Kimin, I believe, is going to get. And yes, I am literally wiping his brow off. Yeah, the spear world's fucked up, huh?
0: It's what I think is going yeah, on. Yeah, this is probably not the first time you've vision sat for someone. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing after this? You obviously know that this is a place of power, as it were, and you seem mm-hmm. to believe that there are powerful spirits here, which seems right up your alley. Now I need to decide if I want us
1: to just get out or if I want to do stuff with it. I pull the whisper stone out. CD, can you hear me?
3: Uh, yeah. Emilio had a vision. I'd be careful around these columns. Uh, yeah, I uh, am figuring that out pretty quick. <laughs> Oh, gods. Did you go too much deeper in? I'll be honest with you. I have no fucking idea where I'm at right now. Fuck. Okay. Stay where you are. I'm gonna get a higher ground and see if I can find you.
1: Pocket the stone and prop Melio against a column to sit down. A bone, I should say what they
0: are. Is there one of these bones I can climb? Yeah, definitely. There are a few that are larger, like substantially larger than you, so you could climb up some.
1: I'll pick an arbitrary one, one that I think has a good angle and a decent height. Let's climb and see if I can get a better vantage point. I want to both find Uraziti, but also get a better lay of the land and see where we can go from here, because this is fucking my boys up. Sounds like you are surveying the vulture lands. Go ahead and run us through that move. All right. Survey the vulture lands when you spend some time scanning the dismal horizon for places of interest. Roll plus one for each a previous hit on a spout lore or discern realities in the current location, a high vantage point or other means of farsight. The party is rested after camping for the night. A helpful or persuaded NPC is present. Anything you could convince the GM should help you. So I think all I have is a high vantage point. I didn't uh, hit any spout lore or discern realities. Party's not rested. I, I could, I guess, ask the raccoon for help, but I, I would have had to set that up before. They would have been kind of fun, I guess, but we're not on speaking terms yet. I just don't know their name. So, uh yeah, it looks like it's just plus one unless I'm missing something. Go
0: ahead and roll it. That's boxcars. Whoa. Yeah. In that case, on a 12-plus... As a 10+, plus, but also take plus one forward to tour the vulture lands when you head off. That's excellent. I'm going to make a note of that. On a 10+, plus, the GM will describe all sites connected to your current location. Obviously, from your location, standing on the top of this bone, you can see the tower back behind you guys. But from here, you also see, on one end, you can see what looks like a lake. A dark reflection of water on the horizon. In another direction, you see what appear to be tents flapping in the wind just across a river. And then on the far side of this arrangement of bones that you find yourself standing among, you see an archway that leads to an open plain marked by black splotches. Kimmon's sitting on top of the bone
1: for a while. You know, Babadia. I was really hoping we could find somewhere with some damn cover. I hope you're still looking over the kid.
0: Can I see ZD from here? You can probably see him, yeah, moving around amongst some bones. It's mostly the motion you catch.
3: Told him to stand still, but
1: whatever. I can see him. So there's the pond, some tents on the other side of a river, and a plane with a arch entrance. And then the tower.
0: Correct. You have a clear view of these things, and you also have a very clear view of, like, the paths to them. I could describe them if you really want me to, but... Nah, we'll get there when we get there. It's fine. The idea being you can actually see the routes to most of these from where you're at, hence that extra plus one. Yeah.
1: So, I, I guess I'll open it to you guys. I'm talking to Baba Dia. My working my way through. But where do you guys want to go? I don't want to go to the tent city, honestly.
4: Yeah. No, that was kind of my thought. I feel like the gates, once we go through those, and I could be completely wrong, that's like going to kind of start an end game kind of trial, right? Like, I feel like whatever's on that plane, because we're going to the ziggurat, right? That's the plan. Yeah. I could be completely off base, but I feel like that's through those gates. At the very least, it's probably taking us somewhere. Right. Yeah. As gates often, often do. do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we leave here, I want to try to do a sword ritual.
1: Fuck yeah. Can't say that I'm thrilled
4: to go out onto
3: the water again, but who knows what that arch does? Who's sleeping in those tents? So it seems like water it is. What do you think?
1: Yeah, the, the camera just shows Baba Dia for a minute with a big crack down the side of his soul glass.
4: Ruzidi, we can cut back over to you. Urzidi kind of like wanders around after Kimen tells him to stay put, but kind of in the same general area that he was. He's looking for kind of a, an important looking one of these uh, like standing bone pillar things. Mm. And then he stands in front of it and reverses his grip on Talon so that the blade is facing down. And he stabs it into the ground at the base of this massive bone so let me read Sword Ritual to you. You can bond to magic swords. When you take your sorcerer's blade to a place of power and perform the ancient rites, your blade takes on some of the enchantment of the pla- of that place. Oh, the fuck. GM will tell you what enchantment has been bestowed or what else you'll need to obtain the enchantment. So I'm supposed to tell you what the magic is here? You don't have to tell me what the enchantment is in this place, just how it manifests in my sword or in my glaive.
2: Commune with the ancients of death. That is my idea.
4: Yeah. Like being able to spend a hold and talk to a dead in this area. Yeah. Like
0: one of the dead tyrants. So I thought about potentially being able to spend a hold to reach back into history. Yep. So yeah, I'll give you reach back into history. I don't know if I want to have it that you just like spend a hold to do it just because of like you use sword magic usually to be in combat. It's probably not the time. Yeah. I mean, it could just be the kind of thing where you can just narratively do it. You just have to narratively activate it. Yeah. You can kind of use it like a spout lore, but it's to see into the past. So maybe you see something interesting. Maybe you see something useful, but it gives you another avenue to do that. Because that's what this magic is about. The magic is about history. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's cool if you're into that. Yeah. You can like reach back and see visions of history. It just takes some effort on your part to do. Yeah, that's sick. Is there anything else that you guys are wanting to do here, or are you guys moving along?
1: No, I think after seeing what happened to you two guys, I don't want to fuck around here any longer. If there were some shiny stuff, I could probably be persuaded otherwise. We haven't been, we haven't seen any shiny stuff.
0: No, just powerful spirits. No big deal.
1: I mean, that's, that's all good and fine, but I want something in return. <laughs> I ain't going to try to capture some Cyclopean god. That's just asking for fucking trouble.
0: <laughs> are you guys catching up with Urazidi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think given that, Kimmin, you were able to see where Urzidi was at. I think the three of you can all join back up if you're choosing to do so. More in the center area of this maze of bones. What do you think you're doing?
4: What do you mean? What do I think I'm doing?
0: I told you to stay put.
4: I did. You found me. But I might not have. I saw
3: you moving around.
4: Urzidi rolls his eyes.
3: <laughs> I took a look around. There's a lake or a body of water. This way. Anything else? Some tents. An arch. The tower, if you want to take another look at that. No need to go back there. I take it the lake is your first choice? I'm not excited about seeing anybody else, and, uh, I think the arch might be magic, I don't know. Emilio, you've been quiet since your <clears throat> experience. My mind hasn't gotten itself back together
4: yet.
2: You lead the way.
4: It might not be the visions, but, uh... Sorry. I didn't know you were going to take all of it at once.
3: Just saw a lot. Trying to process it. Me too. Do you think it was real? True?
2: I don't doubt that type of thing. What I saw wasn't beautiful. So I think it's got to be real.
4: All I know is that if my father discovers what I saw, he would send untold legions to this place until he had conquered it.
2: And learned everything about how to use best his servants for his needs. If he knew he could squeeze a little bit more juice from the fruit, I can't imagine what that monster would do.
4: Is the monster that you serve any better? He hasn't let me down yet. <laughs> I think Urzidi rolls his eyes. That's why you need to be writing my story. Better the monster you know, right?
2: I'll write your story as soon as you do something.
4: I get up off of
2: my. I've been sitting, hunkered down, dust off my pants, and I'm ready
0: to go.
4: Lead on, Kimmin.
0: Kimmin nods. This way. So you are headed towards the lake, correct? Yes. Excellent. So we are going to once again tour the Vulture Lands. Kevin, you got a very good view of where you were supposed to head. You travel a little ways through the structures of bones and pick your way out of it. You find yourself traveling along what must have been a road. But instead of the set cobblestones that should make it easier to travel, instead there are these broken shards of obsidian that are sliding and sharp, making your travel more difficult. There are columns, much like there were marking the road in other places, these ones of jet, much like those statues you would originally saw. But these ones are all broken. They lay in pieces across the ground, half buried in muck mud and overgrown with strange vines. But you are leading the way. in you're able to make progress. Give me a tour of the Vulture Lands, roll plus dex, and then you get a plus one from your survey. Sweet. That is an 11. Then, on a 10+, plus choose three. So go ahead and choose three from the list below. So I definitely want
1: you find something useful or valuable along the way, and you are aware of any potential or active danger when you arrive. And I think, yeah, the last is you do not encounter any ill effects while traveling, so I'm not going to choose you don't draw unwanted attention. I'm
0: going to choose all of them with that. You find something useful or valuable. As you are making your way along this black path, the glass stones underneath your foot slipping and sliding as you make your way across. You spot a little figurine, a little totem, of a cat curled up around itself, and it has the drippings of wax across it. In the center is a place, a little spike, where you could put a candle. Oh, hell yeah. But as you travel along, you find yourself coming down onto this... Like it is black, not watery. And it appears to churn with a slight royal, like just before something is about to boil, that kind of simmering effect. You can see the liquid churning from somewhere. On the far side of it is a kind of waterfall, also dripping this black liquid rather than really flowing the way that a waterfall would from the ridge that stands above and behind it. There are a few old dead trees kind of lining the sides of it. At the center of the lake is a small structure, a small platform, which looks like it's made of metal and something that maybe looks like an anvil or an altar at the center of it. Along the banks of this lake, there is a polling raft. There's no pole, but there is a raft like sitting kind of half dragged up onto the rocks that line the lake There doesn't appear to be any kind of active danger in this area. Things seem calm. Except this calm has a kind of unease to it, and your gut sinks a little bit. There's something not right here, but you can't figure it out. You can't put your finger on it. It's almost peaceful, but there's like an anxiety in your mind that won't let you rest. What do the three of you do? It's peaceful here, huh? Very nearly.
2: Not quite calm, but stagnant for sure.
0: Kimon walks up to the lip of the lake. As you stand there, you hear a soft crying. Come here, both of you.
4: Yeah, or will go up, stand next to Kimon. Yeah, I'm right behind.
3: You hear that?
0: As your two compatriots approach, it grows louder. It's like a, a sobbing now and a wailing echoing across the water. Where does it
2: seem to be coming from?
0: further in the lake further across the lake or further in the lake lake? across the lake
4: okay not like under the water okay it's not like emanating up from below or anything
0: right right
2: seems like it might be coming from that platform potentially
1: are we next to that that boat
0: near enough to i mean you can just pop on over
1: Um, just so I get the, the, so there's the, there's the platform with the, uh, with the altar or anvil on it. That's across the lake.
0: Uh, it's in the middle of the lake.
4: It's in the center of the center of the lake. Yep. And
0: across the lake, all the way across you guys is a waterfall, the waterfall.
4: Can I remember, can I use my new toy to figure out, uh, to like, remember what this lake was
0: before? Give me this modified spout lore, but yes, go ahead and roll plus intelligence. that's a six the three of you realize that mixed in with this sobbing sound echoing from up above on this ridge <coughs> diving down quickly out of the misty haze up above the, on this ridge from where the waterfall trickles claws outstretched emerging the harpy strikes at you urzidi what do you do
4: Oh, I sort of uh move my grip down on Talon so that it's I'm almost holding like at the butt in about a quarter of the way up and just swing Talon up to try to clip its wing.
0: All right, give me a hack and slash. That's a 9. All right, go ahead and roll your damage. That is also a 9. That's pretty good. Um this harpy is going to slash across you. Take a D6 of damage. That is 2, so I take 1 damage. So it's not too bad, but yes, you are going to kill this harpy. What does this look like?
4: Yeah, I think um when I w- went to strike at its wing since the last time we rested and I was able to sort of commune with the spirit inside of it it's much sharper and it just slides through the joint of the wing and down into the harpy's like throat
0: it falls in a hump of stinking feathers and rotted sickly flesh beside you but you can still hear the cries
3: <coughs>
0: and another dives down towards the group Kim and Melio, obviously you know that there are harpies above you, some of them now diving down to strike on you. What do the two of you do? I'm
1: going to grab it and try to take it to the ground. What are you talking about? I'm walking into this inky water.
4: Okay. Oh, dear. Was the water, like, boiling? (laughs) It was moving. I don't think it was
1: actually boiling. I thought it just looked like that.
0: It's physically churning, but but not boiling. It's not going
1: to boil my skin.
4: Well, we don't know until you roll. He goes We're, into the
0: water. We, yeah. There is a harpy diving at you guys. Yeah, that's fine. And if you're running off into the water, then I need Kim in to deal with this.
4: I'll grab
2: it and drown it
0: in the water. That's fucking sweet, Do that. All
2: right, cool. It dives at me. I want to grab it and drown it in the water, dashing into the water. And then oh. as it dive bombs at me, I'm going to grab it around the fucking neck and drown it in the water.
0: Yeah, cool. Give me a defy injured plus strength. Yeah, I'm sure this will go poorly six damn the harpy stops itself short so that you can't grab onto it it pulls out its wings its massive wingspan and flaps back just keeping its talons like out of your reach but you very quickly feel pain on your feet seems fine you can smell it's not quite cooking flesh but it is a chemical sort of smell in the air
2: Great. I imagine that this is uh, not just like a, you know, a buzzing numbness.
0: No, no, it hurts a lot, actually. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I guess I'll
2: dash out of the water then as fast as I can.
0: (laughs) Cool. You don't have any boots anymore, and you're going to take a D6 of damage. Cool. It's six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are still like smoking and sizzling. Your feet are blistered. Sick. The skin is like sloughing off very quickly. Yeah, I'm at
1: four health. Fuck.
0: Yeah, it's not good. Like, you can't really walk right now until you do something medically with your feet. Is this is Harpy,
1: like, backpedals, I guess, the aerial re- equivalent of backpedals. I'm going to try to slash out it a- and make it so that it falls into this lake of acid.
0: You're trying to hack and slash here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess. I'm not trying to necessarily kill it so much as clip its wings, basically, so it would fall into it.
0: Yeah, all right, yeah. Give me a Defy danger Plus Strength in rather than a hack and cool. slash. It's an Eight. You can throw it into the acid lake, but you're going to be vulnerable to the other two harpies flying around because it's going to throw you off balance a little bit. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. You throw this harpy. You manage to to wing it, uh, and it careens into this lake. And very quickly, the feathers are eaten away by it. And it tries to flap its wings, but they, they're not there anymore, and it sinks, and you just see it stop spasming, and its hand is the last thing sinking below the surface. But yes, another one of these is, is trying to take advantage of this, and it comes down screaming, letting out this screeching... <coughs> and it's going to try to scrape across you. What do you do?
3: Sorry, Isht. I need your help.
0: And I'm going to try to spirit talk, Isht. You make a roll for that, is that right? I do.
1: Spirit Talk, when you say the name of a spirit bound to a totem you've made, instead of consuming a charge, you can roll plus whiz, and due to um, an advanced move I took, I can use this for the captured spirits I have as well. On a 10 plus, the spirit is successfully released, and it returns to the totem afterward. On a 7 through 9, the spirit is released, but choose 1, and then we can get to those when, if I need to. But Let's roll! It's an 11. So, each spirit emerges from the soul glass earring that i wear and i get three charges of defend which i will oh he probably can't redirect it to himself can he
0: you can but i think it destroys him
1: well i don't want that to happen
0: not permanently it destroys his current physical manifestation so he could take the entire blow but you would have to resummon him that's kind of my idea behind that
1: i'm okay with that yeah so i'll spend it and and have it destroy this corporeality
0: that he has yeah cool what does that look like
1: So immediately after I watch this harpy dissolve for a moment with a bit of a grimace on my face and realize how close I am to the lip of this lake and after seeing what just happened to Emilio, I just whisper and touch my earring, seeing this other harpy dive bombing me and Ishth emerges stalwart. In this case, he still has his shield and just butts the harpy and completely diverts it as his representation shatters like glass and dissolves. And I immediately start scrambling inland. I like
0: that. We just picture the spears that you summon as pink. Oh, totally, yeah. It glides past right after it fails to strike you and begins flapping its wings and lifting itself back up into the sky. Emilio, you were on the ground kind of nursing your feet.
2: Yeah, my feet are uh, they're hot.
0: However, you see a harpy diving for you, claws outstretched, wings straight back. What do you do? Can I jump in here and defend? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to see this happen. I love it. Yeah. Urzidi leaps in
4: between Melio and this harpy. One, to save his companion, but also... Oh, you want something heroic to happen? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Because Melio keeps talking shit about me not having done anything worth writing a ballad about. Yeah. That's real strong. Yeah, that's pretty great. It's not that he doesn't care about Melio, because I think in his own weird way, Urazidi does care about his companions. It's mostly the being a hero thing and like appearing as a hero.
2: Yeah, it's egoism. Yeah. First and foremost.
0: That is a seven. Yeah. Ooh. Snuck it in. You have one hold. Would you like to use that hold? Yes.
4: I'm going to redirect the damage to myself, is the
0: only way to save Melio. There's a problem with that. You don't redirect the damage. You redirect the attack. This harpy sinks its talons into your shoulder. A familiar feeling, I believe. (laughs) Yep. And with a few massive flaps, you begin to feel yourself lifted off the ground. Another one comes screaming down, trying to grab Melio again. As this other one is carrying Uruzidi, trying to carry him over the lake. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Melio or Kimin, this other one's coming back down. It's the same one that you deflected previously. What do either one of you do?
1: In, like, the anime split
0: second as this harpy
1: begins diving. Are you all right? At me? Yeah. The anime split
2: second is me just palming out huge swaths of ink on the
1: ground. Oh, I love it.
2: Ever tell you this time about a monster that almost destroyed the whole city? pushing ink out as far as i can i think i just wipe ink on my bloody fucking feet and spackle it across the fucking floor it almost destroyed the whole goddamn thing except it couldn't leave the ocean (laughs) and then i push my hand into the ground i would like to attempt to use a move that i took called metal hurlant
0: fuck yeah
2: When I shout with great force or play a shattering note, fuck those. So when I create from the palette of destructive force, choose a target and roll plus con. On a 10 plus, the target takes
0: 1d10 damage. Jesus Christ. And is deafened for a few minutes, I assume stunned. No, I'm not going to say stunned. I would say blinded. You work in a visual media as long as you're cool with that.
2: That sounds great. Actually, yeah, it's blinded for a few minutes. On 7th or 9th, you steal your damage, but it is out of control. Uh, the GM will choose an additional target nearby.
4: This rips. Let's, let's do mo- it. This move, yeah. move
1: actually fucking rules.
4: I, uh, didn't, I didn't know oh this was does. in
2: the in the parts. <laughs> I was really into it because I was like, you know, it kind of sucks a little bit as like i play a loud note but with the ink shit, i create a story of a being or a a force that was outside the control of me you know right i'm making the kraken
0: yeah you're making a big ink beast yeah yeah so you're doing something visual (laughs) that's what the move is named after is comic books please do it that's
2: fantastic all right i'm gonna roll it up nine so it is going to be out of control
0: All right, so you are creating an ink kraken. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yes, you might as well. An eight. Please describe how this kraken kills this harpy. Tentacles whip out and rip around the
2: harpy and just pull it straight in. It's almost inconsequential how it throws it in like an appetizer into its jaws and just snaps this harpy in half.
1: Oh, it's big, like, bird-like beak just gulping it down. Yep, exactly.
2: And it's, like, growing as it does that. So at first it does look like a struggle because the ink kraken is still, like, growing out. But by the time that it's down in there, the beak
0: is big enough that it just snaps its thing in half. I'm picturing like uh, octopi and cuttlefish. Their chromatophores like can create really distinctive patterns and they can have motion to them. So I'm picturing your ink flowing up like chromatophores cycling as it keeps filling up more and more. It kills this harpy, but I think these tentacles are spiraling out of control, just kind of going everywhere because you had to maybe do this very quickly. Absolutely. <laughs> and
2: I've just been like midsection to my feet has been burned off. So, yeah.
0: Come in you're right there. I think I have to use you. It's raging out of control. I'm not going to make this automatically happen to you. These tentacles are like sliding around and potentially going to grab you just because they're grabbing anything they can. There it is. Yeah. What do you do? This
1: all started with me asking Melio if he was okay. And he started telling me this story and this kraken starts appearing and Kimin's eyes get big as he realizes what's about to happen here. Seeing it a hundred times, I feel like. And I'm going to dash backward as one of these tentacles slams into the ground. And I'm going to try to vault over it. And I'm going to run and pick up Melio and try to create some distance. And we will talk about how that's going to play into ZD in a second. But I think that that probably needs a roll first.
0: Yeah. You are sprinting, right, to pick up your friend. And I think also just the physical act of picking him up and running with him. Give me a Defy Danger plus Strength for this. Ah, damn. That's a five. Oh, Can't even aid. One of these tentacles slides underneath your feet and trips you backwards. And as you hit, another one smashes down into you, and you can't see.
2: (laughs) This is the ink washing over
0: you. Yeah. Yes, it is the ink boy. Uruzidi, you find your feet dangling over this acid lake. I actually have this. One of the things
4: I can do with my sword magic is force a change of location for two hold.
0: I can choose the location. Mm. you still have to roll sword magic though I believe I know
4: oh yeah Oh, that is a 12 <laughs> oh, okay three hold yes so I'm going to force a change of location to the realm where the thing that gives me my powers lives
0: Oh, oh fuck. we're like fucking
4: night crawlering. Yes. Oh. Yeah, you has Banff into the shadow realm, as it were. To so like this land of swirling sand and
0: like dense fog. Not what I expected, but hell yes. How do you get back? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll figure that out later, I think. Yeah. You've dragged this harpy into this realm with you. What do you do now?
4: I'm holding on to it now. I at least buy its legs, and I'm just going to channel that last hold of sword magic from my hands into the body of this harpy.
0: Don't you have to use your glaive to channel your sword magic? Oh, you're right. Then I stab up with my glaive. <laughs> and yeah, it, does, it, 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 it just, the just changes the fiction a little bit, but yes. Yeah, yeah.
4: I think it, it makes it a little more pathetic, because it's <laughs> like that. Like It's like poking something with a broom,
0: like, yeah. All right, so you're spending your last hold. Uh, you just deal your damage, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a five. A five isn't enough to kill it, but it is enough to gravely wound it. Certainly enough that you're going to be able to escape its grasp. But what that means in this realm, I'm not exactly sure. So feel free to describe this scene as you deal damage to it and you're loosed from it. And then kind of how you're making your way through this realm. I think there is going to have to be some work to get back from it, but we'll handle that later. Yeah, yeah. Erzidi drops down... Through, like,
4: when you can see the sand blowing through the air and lands on this massive dune, and he stands up. It's just a vast desert, like, standing in the middle of the Sahara and looking out in any direction. It's nothing but sand. You can see blowing, like, whirlwinds and dust devils in the distance. Dust devils on a massive scale. Urazidi shakes his head and, under his breath, just not again and starts walking towards the horizon, Mm. just slugging through these sand dunes with Talon over his shoulder.
0: Yeah, I think you see this injured harpy try to fly off. Who knows where it's going? It's extremely confused as to how it ended up here (laughs) and very injured. So with that, as you you trudge, the camera falls down and just sees your footsteps through the sand. Uh, We're going to cut back to the mortal plane, the two of you now, well, one of you is blinded. The other one is, is hanging out, and there is still this writhing tentacular creature on the bank of this lake, but there are no harpies anymore. And also, you don't know where your companion went. Hmm. Well, I definitely don't. Definitely not. Do you guys say anything? Are you still trying to clear out of the way? Melio, I
2: can't see. What do you mean you can't see?
0: Your damn painting
3: blinded me.
2: I hang on to you by the scruff. I'm going to try and contain it, please. I'm going to take off my, like, over-wrappings, the robe that I wear, and try and absorb this Kraken back into myself.
0: Sounds like a defy danger. Your art is charisma, so give me a defy danger plus charisma.
2: Nice. Uh, that'll be a uh, five.
4: shot in the movie is probably us carrying your ass and that the raccoon is just like sitting on your chest. Oh, that's perfect. Yep. <laughs> it's making your lips move. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like playing with your you face. You guys should feed yeah, the
0: raccoon. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that's really important right now is to
1: make sure he's fed. He,
4: he he is enchanted, but the raccoon just, his, the enchantment is coming from him and it makes freeze until you think about feeding the raccoon. <laughs> I know you
3: doing things but there's a raccoon that's bigger than a dog out there Out where what Out
0: where Hang oh on. you gotta hey, feed right. him he wants food he's entered into the mortal <laughs> plane of our actual existence oh shit
4: <laughs> well that's perfect
0: that's how hungry that <laughs> raccoon is alright fine I'm just gonna go to your kitchen of the players oh, playing man. this game and eat their food
2: well Nathan's dead
0: uh did the raccoon eat him yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> that oh, makes shit, sense. That fat fuck.
4: Yeah.
1: Oh, God. We made him real. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: was he cute? Didn't see him. Oh. Was yeah. he cute?
0: I hope so. Also, didn't
2: I, see I, I him. Didn't, no. I didn't get to see him. Yeah. Alia was, was the only one who saw the 30-pound Raccoon.
4: She's
1: like, afraid of him, and I was like, oh, I want to see
0: him. Raccoons are cute. Oh. There are some fat-ass raccoons in Iowa City. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, you yeah, that,
2: you know, that's Iowa City's fault.
4: After one of the Mesa parties, I lived like a quarter of a block away from the, the house we had it at, and I was walking home and passed out in some bushes, as as one does. Yeah. Uh, and I woke up at like six in the morning, which, like to be honest, was probably only like an hour and a half after I yeah. passed out in the bushes, but <laughs> to a like chittering, sound and I'd like open my eyes and there's just a raccoon staring at me like on the other side of the sidewalk from me and I was like yeah it's gonna be a shitty day yeah. <laughs> you and me both buddy
1: I assume that this is either the mom or one of the babies we had we had a, a cadre that were hanging out outside last year
2: Yeah.
0: what is a group of raccoons called Uh I don't know but I would like it to be called a heist that would be my oh, suggestion I, I was gonna say like a bandit or a heist In Ocean's Eleven of Raccoons.
4: It's a gaze of raccoons.
0: Oh, that ain't too bad either.
4: The gaze is pretty good.
0: Yeah. And diving down on Ryan. Or, (laughs) diving down on (laughs) Urazidi. Just on your camera, no, yeah. just a harpy. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I brought a raccoon in this world, I'm about to bring harpies in this world. That's you, what I was just gonna you, say.
2: Yeah, you six mind is too much, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> it's real now. It's real
1: now. By beach. you
0: draw unwanted attention to yourself. I mean you the player. <laughs> you
1: draw yeah. I hired some harpies. <laughs> <laughs> whoop whoop. Oh shit, the police are here. Oh god, this a
0: fucking dude dressed in a bird suit just throwing up on me. Yeah. It's just a guy, just Fucking shirtless. pervert, get out of here. Hey! Goddamn bird pervert? Stop or I'll... <laughs> All birds do is throw up, right? And its hand is the last thing sinking below the surface. And it gives a thumbs up. It gives a thumbs up as it goes. I'll be... I know now why you fly.